Well, what's up, folks? It is Friday Eve, Thursday night, for those who like to keep track of the days of the week. And week one is in the books officially. The Eagles right now, 1-0 and looking pretty good. Dallas, not so much. But I will give Dallas this much. I'm not going to give them too much of a hard time because they did hang in there with the Bucks. Bucks, of course, ended up winning that game uh, and also an injury to a Cowboy. So, unfortunately for Dallas... Start out with almost a win. Dak Prescott looked good, but that's okay because we are talking about Eagles talk as well. Giants, uh, DCU, they're all coming around. So we shall see as week two comes up. And of course, week two will be with the San Francisco 49ers. That should be really exciting, even though Jimmy Garofalo did put up some good numbers last week from San Fran. Speaking of San Fran, we will have Nick Newman on here in the next half hour representing the 49ers. He is with the Faithful Fan Podcast, and he should be joining us about 9.30. Hopefully, Aton Shander should be joining us here momentarily. I know he was traveling back from the television studio back toward his house. So hopefully, we'll have on Aton jumping in. Even if he jumps in on the phone and or live, it's okay. We'll get him. So we're waiting for him to come in here on to the live broadcast tonight. Again, I'm back here live at the LG Direct Sales Solution Studios in Tampa, Florida. Boy, it was a homecoming so nice. Three years since I've been back home, it was fun to finally get to meet not only my co-host, but my media partners. We had a blast over at Goose's Media Pond Studio. It is absolutely fantastic. And I tell you what, sitting behind the desk and the lights being on and the on-air sign being lettered by Robert. Robert, by the way, who did a tremendous job. Robert Keller over there, a tremendous, tremendous job by Robert. Uh, we got everything going. Of course, the halftime show was a lot of fun as well. So uh, what can I say? It was a lot, a lot of fun. So thanks to folks who turned out, Ryan Reese, a couple other guys that showed up there, uh, Sam Stone and uh, a few others. But it was fun. We hope to keep packing the house here as the weeks go by. I will be back in Philly week four because next week it will be, of course, the Monday nighter after San Fran, which I'm not traveling back home for. But for the Kansas City Chiefs game, I will be back in Philadelphia again. So if you guys want to come out to the studio, of course, you can join us at 250 West Ridge Pike in Limerick, Pennsylvania. It's a hop, skip, and a jump, folks, right from the city, not that far away. If you can drive to King of Prussia, basically you're driving five more minutes up the road, and you're right there at Goose's Pond Media Studio. Absolutely beautiful. The scar bar is absolutely phenomenal. Goose, I can't thank him enough. He was a lot of fun. Kevin, of course, Towns was a lot of fun. Flo, as we like to call him, or Big Kev, he's got like a bunch of names, just like he gave Fuji there, a name that I will let Fuji say when he comes on. So again, thanks to everybody who, who tuned in and watched last week. Week one, of course, episode 78, again, the NFL season started. It is episode 79 tonight. Week two, San Fran, the home opener, Connor Barwin. We got a clip from him saying that how much the fans were missed along with Lane Johnson. So all that coming up. And of course, the recap of week one. Having so much fun. So on the flip side here, I'll see you guys. I'm Angel, and this is Broad Street South. There's a little bit of lag there, but it's okay because that's the way things happen. And I cannot do the show without my co-host that I had the pleasure of meeting last week. It is Vito Corleone. I told you I was gonna get you. You knew it. <laughs> I told you this time. 
That's all right. They crossed man. that line before <laughs> I had to come on with my intro. Nice. That's all right. That's all right. I'll get you back. That's all right. Here's all right. the actual intro. <laughs> it is Vito Corleone. <laughs> See, listen, hey, last week you were Gene Gene the dancing machine over there at the Gall House. So uh, this week I had to put your dance moves up there on, on, uh, on the screen there. But Fuji, how are you this evening? Week two is upon us. The link will be rocking in the combat zone. The Niners coming to town. The birds are 1-0. Let's get this show fired up and let's rock this funky joint. Tonight, Eagles. Eagles talk, Akon Shander, Nick Newman coming on to break down. Let's get this party started, baby. Listen, last week, I think a lot of people were surprised, and I don't think a, a lot of people understood where we talked about here prior to the game starting. As we said, we'll break down the stats and everything else come week one. Did we see what we were supposed to see out at Eagles? Well, a lot of questions were answered. One was that people talked about as far as when Nick Sirianni how was he going to come out week one? Now, a lot of the talk, of course, was about what he did during a preseason and or maybe not what he did during preseason. But the one question that a lot of stations had had all around the media, whether it's local, you know, Philly, Jersey, New York, no matter where it was, a lot of people wanted to know if the Eagles were going to run the ball. So, Fuji, I'll ask you. Looks well, like to like, me the Eagles actually I, ran the ball. As I said – Nick coming out with a balanced attack. He came out with the screen game. You know, Kenny Gainwell, Miles Sanders really, you know, took the ball down the field and, you know, they got that running game going. I mean, the defense finally stepped up in the second half with three or four sacks. Like I was saying to you at halftime, whereas you got to get pressure on Matt Ryan, and that's what they did. They answered the bell, just like Bell Bell. But enough of the rocky stuff. I mean, the birds, birds came to play. They started shutting the run down in the second half. And, you know, as I said, they the defense needed to step up, which they brought it. Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts just looked on key with Devontae Smith. Jalen Rager stepped up. And, you know, they, they brought it. You know, they a lot of, a lot of naysayers saying the Eagles were going to go on one, but – you know, they shut down Calvin Ridley. They shut down Kyle Pitts, and they knocked Matt Ryan around a couple times in that second half. So they took care of business. Let's let's go for two. Nope, they I think, did. I think they come out this week and they take this sucker. I think so as well. I mean, you can't get – obviously, it, with, a, with a good start the way they started this week, I, I believe I'll end up taking week two here. Before we keep going into it, uh, Dave Wallencheck, and by the way, Lee, MF and Money. Who just got married not too long ago? Dave and Lee, the part of the family on the Redline Radio LLC program. If you guys have not checked out Steel City Renegades and/or Redline LLC from top to bottom, check out their lineup there on Facebook. Those guys do an amazing job over there. And Steel City Renegades. Hey, I do remember if you guys are both here tuned in, sir. Dave and Lee. Uh, some of us picked the Steelers for the win, and I do believe the Steelers walked away from the win. So if you guys don't get, uh, if you guys get the chance, from seven to eight thirty. On Sunday nights, check out Steel Cedar Renegades. Those guys do a great, great show. I've been on there with them, fortunately, for two uh, two episodes. It was a lot of fun when we were on there. We we had a blast, and hopefully I'll be back on there uh, soon as well, talking it up with the guys as, as I did pick 
for the Steelers to win a division. But the Browns almost pulled it off in KC. They look quite amazing, so I don't know. Am I still swayed? It's only week one. We'll see if the Steelers can end up pulling it off. And David Sherman chimes in with, uh, who are we Eagles fans supposed to root for, Giants or Washington? Listen, <laughs> David, first of all, it's not even Washington. You got to put DCU up there because exactly who they are. They're still DCU. They don't have a name yet. They're still the Washington football team, as a lot of people like to call it. And I do believe there's some technical problems here on Facebook because I noticed that some of the pages didn't load up. So uh, those who are trying to log on, hopefully if you can hear the broadcast, refresh your web pages, and you might end up seeing it because I, I only see uh, just a few here. So it, there could be a feed problem as been going on with Facebook as of recent. So everyone else who tunes in tonight, thank you for tuning in. But listen, once again, Jalen Hurts. So we, we know that we start out with the run-pass offense. Obviously, the run game for Nick Sirianni looked a lot better than what we saw during the preseason. The only thing, again, other than other things that were unanswered, uh, Fuji, was that we looked at Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts, whether Jalen was going to be able to step in the pocket, run out of the pocket. There was times where obviously he was chased down. One that almost blew it for about 10, to almost, I would say like 15 yards going backwards. But thankfully, he stayed inbounds and was able to throw the ball away. But to not see as many reps as we saw out of Jalen Hurts during a preseason, he looked, I would say, pretty good for week one. Well, they kept him fresh in the pre out of the preseason. And, you know, as, as I said before, the Eagles stepped up and made plays. I mean, the only bad thing, you know, 14 for eight. 14 penalties for 89 yards. You know, they, they better brush up on that this week going into week two with San Fran coming to town. And, and, and San Fran, we're going to end up taking a look here, but with San Fran, it might be – it could go either way. We're either looking at a tough game. Come week two here with San Fran. San Fran, uh, let me, matter of fact, look at the stats here because, again, Jimmy Garofalo, if I do remember correctly, it was 314 yards. He ran for five. Uh – well, De- Debo Samuel at 189 yards yep. receiving, and he's going to be going up, matching up with Darius Slay. So big, big play. Slay better step up this week, like he shut down uh, Calvin Ridley last week. So you know what? you got you know the running game's nicked up with a uh, Marine Mozart out. You got a. Uh, I thought a match I'm going to love to see is Jordan Milana going up against Joey Bosa. Even though he's coming off some injuries, this will be a big test for uh, Jordan Milana after just getting that four nice four year deal to lock him up going in, you know, for the next four years of left tackle. You know, we got some nice matchups. George Kittle, that'll, that should be interesting. Yeah, then it will. So it's it's definitely going to be you know with Trey Lance too. I mean mixing it up with him and Jimmy Garoppolo, like Jonathan Gannon's got his work cut out for him as well. Right. I'm sure he's going to mix mix in different packages with both quarterbacks, just in case with Kyle Shanahan's offense, basically going against JG and this defense. So it's going to be interesting. That it will be. You figure that Jimmy G, uh, looking at it right here, is 18 for 26 there last week for five touchdowns. I mean, that's – and and the funny thing is that it, things were talked about before the season started. Was they wanted to trade Jimmy Garofalo back to New England. Obviously, Jimmy Garofalo was traded away from New England when at the time Tom Brady felt that 
he was being threatened by Jimmy G. And I don't mean by physical violence or anything else like that, meaning that he was going to be the next Tom Brady to take off down there from New England. But he forced a hand off management, had him traded out to San Francisco. Jimmy G ended up having a, a pretty good year. The first year he was out there with San Fran. Uh, last year, not so much. But again, uh, San Fran was injury-plagued uh, as well throughout their season. But they will they be back there again come, come playoff times this year? I would think so. They're looking pretty healthy. They're looking pretty good as a squad. So I would foresee them. The running game is definitely a, a lot better. And again, we're just referencing off of week one here. Looking a lot better than what they did last year. And the defense picking up where they left off from last year. As we saw with the Saints and the Green Bay Packers as well, that who would have thought that Jameis Winston would have had himself a day over there in New England, or in Green Bay at a 38-3 win. I didn't see that because I picked Green Bay for a win. I didn't see Jameis Winston putting up those kind of numbers, but we'll see. I mean, it, that's how you know things can end up changing during the offseason. New home, new village. If you you know, if you have someone you will call down in New Orleans, I know New Orleans didn't get a chance to play at the Superdome because of the hurricane. And we hope that everyone has their power restored and people, uh, I think, would prefer to lose, you know, even though you don't want to lose your house, but, but I think people prefer to lose your house than losing a loved one. So thankfully, uh, the we didn't hear too much of, of people passing away. Thank God for that, because I think a lot of people are going to hear the warning, but I hope that they're a lot better. I know they just got that monsoon that came through a tropical storm the other day and they're turning into a uh, Category 1 hurricane in the area in Texas, Louisiana, and some parts of Mississippi. So God bless you guys. Hopefully everything will come back and that uh, things will go back to a little bit normal down there in the New Orleans and Texas area. So uh, God bless the folks down there. But listen, Jimmy Absolutely. G, we've seen him do some amazing things. We've seen him do good things, you know, week one. And then week two, he's fallen flat. And we've seen San Fran do that before. Can't say much either because with the Eagles, has been the same exact way. We've seen them be explosive either game one and or have fallen apart on game one and then been explosive week two. I know there was a lot of celebrations. I know that, that Jeffrey Lurie had said that he wanted to see the celebration that he saw or at least envisioned it uh, since the hire of Nick Sirianni. And Nick right now looking pretty good. And again, I, I know a lot of people didn't give him a whole lot of credit but for the game plan he put together, and as I do remember getting you fired up there at the half, you talked about the adjustments of what the defense had to do. So let me ask you now that we are now into Thursday, getting ready for week two. Do you believe that the coaches heeded your warning and the defense actually stepped up on the second half of the game? Oh, Jonathan Gannon in the halftime came out and made adjustments. Obviously, Hassan Ridgeway got Cut a couple weeks ago, was re-signed by the Eagles and had three sacks. Had you know, he had a snack and the dinner back there on a Matt Ryan. I mean, they they were pummeling him. They got in his face and knocked him around, which they had to do. They had to step up in the second half, like I said. I mean, they contained Calvin Ridley pretty good. They shut down Kyle Pitts. You know, the running game. I mean, the running game was. Big factor with Cordell Patterson was running all over him. Like they had to shut him down. So, I mean, there's a guy that's a wide receiver playing running back, like, and he's just pulling this defensive line over. But as I said, they came out, they stepped up their defense in the second half and took care of business. Nope, that they did. And uh, Dougie answered your question. He said, "Are we missing some people?" So. Uh, Kind of catch everybody up here what's going on. And for those who are going to be listening here to the podcast uh, on the audio download side, 
So Ryan has stepped away um, for health issues. He wants to make sure he's taking care of his health, uh, which is important to him and important to us as well. So Ryan will not be with us in the foreseeable future and not because anyone told him to leave or people told him to get lost. Ryan wanted to step away to make sure he had his health fixed more importantly so he can be of mind, body, and soul before he does whatever he's going to do next, whether he comes back with us, whether he moves on with another radio station, uh, but we wish Ryan well because I know that he was uh, going through it for a little bit. And so we just hope that Ryan does get a lot better. And, of course, Nick Lisi, uh, our beat reporter, because uh, Clemson is back in school and everything's back in school. Nick does a job with the, uh, uh, the Clemson football team on Saturdays. He writes for people on Sundays. He's busy during the week. So Nick will come on probably, I would say, back with us uh, during the Thanksgiving break when he's back home or taking at least that, that week break and then again during the holiday. So Nick will be back with us. The studies are more important than anything else first. I want to make sure he gets his studies done, as I promised his mom and dad, to make sure he gets that done first before he worries about having fun with us because uh, an education goes a lot further because this will be here hopefully for years to come and will continue to grow. So that's what those guys are. And then, of course, on the Philly side with uh, Goose and with Kevin, uh, both of them had prior commitments tonight, so we want to make sure that everybody knew that they weren't going to be there. But Sunday, Sunday, uh, no, matter of fact, I am, I am incorrect. Sunday they will not be back. Uh, my co-host here will be live at the link for the 49ers game as he's lucky enough to be a season ticket holder and he'll check out all the things going on down there, uh, at the, at the, uh, at the stadium, but he also will be down there with Ryan Reese, um, from Philly sports allegiance. And Ryan actually stopped by the studio last week. It was pretty cool to meet him in person as well. So folks that we've been talking about, I had the opportunity of meeting in person. So Ryan and Fuji will be down there. They'll be chiming in to the live feed show on Sunday. So uh, base yours truly will be here in studio taking care of things while those guys are on remote. So uh, Sunday should be a lot of fun. That starts at 1130 this Sunday versus the 49ers. So hopefully, Ducky, that answers your uh, your question there. So uh, once again, it's, uh, we got about another 12 minutes or so before Nick comes on from the 49ers podcast. Uh, a couple of quick mentions here, of course, that I want to always mention now is number one, we can't do the shows without the people who end up taking care of us as we take care of them as well. Tampa Joe's, I will be down there this Sunday as we expect apparently a boatload of rain here this weekend in Tampa. Thank God it was a smooth flight back to Philly because it was smooth yeah. going there, smooth coming back. Uh, yeah, getting back here. to go down to Tampa Joe's there? Uh, I'm probably going to have to. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to have to. You got a canoe? No, I have the kayaks, so that I I can get I can get down oh, there with the kayaks. Maybe got a canoe down there to paddle, or using the old hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that'll be the kayaks that I end up using to get down there to Tampa Joe's. The way the, the the way the rain will be coming down here, but we're supposed to get about seventy percent rain on Saturday, about sixty percent chance on Sunday, and of course Tampa Joe's has that beautiful outside deck that everybody likes to hang out at. Of course, there's plenty of room on the inside by the bar, plenty of room in the restaurant side. So if you guys are gonna come down. Come down early, as I tell everybody, every season. Last year during COVID, it was a whole different story, but now that we're back to full strength, uh, if you're planning to get a seat at the bar, I would suggest you get down there when the show starts at 1130, only because there's going to be a lot of people in the bar area fills up first, oh. then the outside deck, and then the restaurant. All those Philly fan, Eagles fans in Tampa, go see Mike Klein and everybody in Philly of the South at the uh, – Billy of the South headquarters down there in Tampa. 
Joe's. Check it out. Root on our birds, not any other team. Drake. Just those Eagles. Strictly Philly. Exactly. Nope. As, and there it is. Tampa, Tampa's original Philly of the South established in 1995. Mike Klein, go down there and meet him and all the group along with Angel this coming Sunday. We'll be on at 1130. Check us out. Mike Klein, how are you? Tampa the South, Philly the South. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> it's all right. Listen, that's a tongue it, twister. It, it's a lot of words. It's all right, but it's, it, it's going to be Mike Goodwin's group. They, those guys and girls behind the bar. And by the way, always take care of your bartenders uh, and and your waitresses because they do a phenomenal job. It gets really packed there and it gets really busy, but it's a lot of fun. So I'll see everybody this Sunday. I'll be down there at eleven thirty to start the show live uh, from eleven thirty till kickoff. So about till twelve forty-five at 9316 Anderson Road in Tampa, Florida, right off of 589, which is Veterans Highway. And there's many back roads you're going to take in 275 to get down there as well. But we hope to see the house just as packed as Mike sent me a video there last week of how packed the house was. So let's hope for it again. Mike Klein, of course, the president of Philly to South. He'll be down there running his 26th year. God bless him. Nice. Uh, Philly to South down there in Florida. So it's going to be a lot of fun come Sunday. I can't wait to be back there. It's the first time in a long time I've done the broadcast from there. And, again, since, because a lot of things end up shutting down last year. Since last year was the last time you were there, right? Yeah, but it was like the one time and only because, obviously, everything else had pretty much got – there was – because of the code enforcement, it was a little bit tough to do it down there. That and a couple other things because of the audio. Uh, the tough part is when you do a live show, you got to make sure everything falls into place. And so uh, a couple of speakers were overpowering. And the same way with the feed, and that's why I end up doing a lot of the feeds from here, uh, from the home studio in Tampa. Because when it gets to be a little bit too loud or if things get distorted, the worst thing is to do a show where everything just goes haywire. So that's the one thing I want to make sure to end up not doing again. Ducky, I saw your comment there. If I need another co-host, I will let you know uh, as the week uh, progresses here. So I'll, I'll, I'll keep you informed, Ducky. I'll let you know. And there's a couple of clips I'm, I'm going to show you, as we always do here. One is to get you fired up, but that video is not available yet. But the one I will show here before we get into our other sponsors is Connor Barwin talking about how nice it'll be when the fans come back. The energy of the fans is unbelievable. And as a player, you feel that. Not having fans at Lincoln Financial Field last year really hurt they make that last difference in a game, that special difference compared to other teams. Our team can't wait to welcome the fans back. The energy is gonna be off the charts. It's gonna be the best atmosphere. And that's one of the reasons this is the best fan base in the country. Fly Eagles, fly. You know, one thing that amazes me actually, is that Connor Barwin, who started with the Texans and ended up in, in Philadelphia, it's amazing how some of these guys end up with the start with other teams, end up liking the scene here. Uh, obviously, he was he played one season on the West Coast, came back to Philly, has lived and remains in Philly. Uh, I don't want to see the area where he lives because I don't want people to go out there and, and go nuts about it, but he's still in Philadelphia with his family. And I think it's pretty amazing what Connor Barwin has decided to do to stay there. We know that Brian Dawkins comes in from time to time. By the way, uh, boy, you know what? I wish I could have had uh, 
Debbie, my producer, if you're listening in Studio B, could you do me a favor and grab the book, if you don't mind, please? Uh, last week, the one thing that I, I will say is, other than coming home, as we'll get back into the games here, we've got about six minutes, hopefully, where uh, Nick will end up jumping in here. Last week, coming home, making the video out there at Lincoln Financial Field, it brought back memories from doing the sports update to where we are today, which is a lot of fun, and we continue to grow. So uh, there's a lot of things coming here in the future. Like everything else, we've all taken our time to make sure that we've done everything that we can do to keep you know, going with other shows. And if anybody have seen last week, or last, last week, goodness gracious, last year when we started this off, I want to say it was very few, very few podcasts that had started last year. This year, amazing enough, amazingly enough, excuse me, there's much more podcasts that are coming on either at the same time frame that we do or start a little bit earlier or start a little bit later. But hey, it's always good to have other folks on there. I know uh, BGN is having Aton Shander on there. He's joining uh, their podcast. And that should be a lot of fun with Aton Shander because you already know it's a great time. Brandon Lee Gowden, who knows just everything and anything when it comes to the, to the Eagles and the organization, that's a great addition to their team. I know Derek Gunn has a show afterwards and a post game show with Lane Johnson. Uh, oh boy, I don't want to, I, I forgot the name and I don't want to say it because unless I remember it. But I'll, I'll come back I to the name. I think of it myself. Yeah, no, it, it just happens. I had it up there, then I forgot all about it, but it's okay. I'll bring it back. Um, but a lot of good shows that are coming on here. So as everyone knows, it's, you know, experienced shows. So those guys, I know they're going to put on amazing shows, but thank you guys for watching us and, and hanging around with us. So we do appreciate it. Also, there was one more thing I want to mention as well. And boy, that's what happens on, again, on the live feed when you're getting a brain fart. As I was now thinking about the name and I forgot about the other thought process that I want to talk about. But <clears throat> anyways, I know again that we looked very well. At least the Eagles looked very well. I'm also looking at the average time of possession here for San Fran last week. It had a good chunk of minutes there, 26 minutes on the average time of possession there last week, Fujin. Uh, nothing really. I want to say, you know, it's not bad whatsoever, but you're almost talking about a, an even split as far as halves uh, last week for the 49ers. Well, 26 minutes as opposed to Detroit having third, the ball 33 minutes. Right. I mean, I mean, that's kind of, I don't want to say it's surprising, but, you know, the 49ers, I would think, you know, just being, you know, winning the game and would dominate having the ball a little more. But, you know, wins the win, it doesn't matter. You know, it's any given Sunday. You know, who, who knows? Even the best teams aren't always the best. victorious song each week yep no that's it's, it's just the way it's i know for the eagles they had 31 minutes uh as far as a half and again not not too much to talk about but the good thing was that eagles looked good week one looked good for the run game i think again a lot of questions were answered as far as for the eagles what they were planning on doing the run attack game looked pretty good the eagles definitely on the defensive side the second half of the game Look, they seem to step it up. And again, we're talking about all young, new coaches for this organization. So it can only get better. Could it get worse? Yes. But we're talking about, say on the positive side here, that it's only going to get better for the Eagles as the season progresses. I know everyone enjoyed the win. 
obviously, so the one thing that if you, everybody remembers from uh, from Andy Reid was enjoy the win, and he meant enjoy the win for that moment because the very next day it's back to business the way things you start off all over again. So Nick oh. Sirianni looked pretty impressive there week one, Fooch. Oh, sorry, I didn't see you taking a sugar there or the water. No, no doubt. You know, each week, a couple days, every, you know, it's back to business. These wins are short-lived in the mind. You know, you got to get back to work, get ready for the next team within the next couple couple days. Julio Figueroa, thanks for tuning in. I think we're a solid, just need linebackers to do a little more. Oh, no doubt. I mean, Alex Singleton was – Playing pretty good, Eric Wilson. Yep. And you know, it just seems to be the the Achilles heel of the Eagles the last couple years. Why I don't know why that front office doesn't believe in drafting linebackers. They haven't drafted a linebacker since Jerry Robinson in nineteen seventy nine. They just bring in these guys on one year deals or you know, they looked out with Alex Singleton picking him up from the Canadian League. Eric Wilson coming in from uh, Minnesota, obviously, you know, Jonathan got him, had him under there, under Mike Zimmer when he was a coach. Right. And again, uh, and, and again, Julio, muchas gracias. Thank you for tuning in tonight. We do appreciate it. And and it's correct. We I think we that was the one thing that Eagles were missing last year, uh, for sure. That was one thing they were missing oh. last year. Thankfully, this year, they're looking a little bit better. It's still a need for them, but and it lightly, because I don't want to make too much noise here, but lightly knocking on wood. The one thing that we're able to escape for the first time in at least over six years, no injuries, week one. Now let's hope that continues until week two. I did see the Nick tune in here. He was in the green room and then went away, so hopefully he'll come right back. I told you not to bring up no injuries. <laughs> Yeah, well, let's, let's, but, not even, let's not even talk about it. Okay. Because that's fine. I've been the most forget it. I'm not Okay, but I'm not I just the I'm, I'm not going to No. Okay. I'm not I just, getting in there. Nope. All right. I just now I you got me. Now you hit a nerve. Now I got a nerve. Right, listen, I just all I did I just mentioned the one time that was it. I, I didn't mean to get you all crazy, but that's okay. It's what happens. It's you know, we hope things will get better. Don't worry about it. It'll get better. It definitely will. But seeing, I guess you're right here in the green room waiting patiently is Nick Newman. If you guys want to follow Nick as we do here at Broad Street South, Niner Nick underscore 22 is his Twitter handle from San Francisco. So this is not a guy who lives in Jamaica and is going to tune in and tell us about the 49ers. Lives, eat, and breathe 49ers. Oh, and by the way, if you guys want to follow his podcast here, the Faithful Fanatic Podcast. And also, if you guys put in Faithful Fan Pod, you will find it. I'm sorry. And don't forget the underscore on Twitter as well. Follow him, like him, even if he has there on a YouTube page where we'll find out when we bring in Nick here. But I tell you what, for it's not the easiest thing in the world as far as to put a show together. And we'll bring Nick on here in the screen right now. Nick, thanks for joining us. But uh, not the easiest thing in the world. But the good thing is, it's always good to make. Uh, another team member, or at least network a little bit more. And we know that San Fran is coming to town, Nick. We uh, one is to thank you to come uh, come on the show with us tonight. But the one thing I will say is, thank you for coming on, San Definitely. Fran. Thank you for having me. Oh, not a problem whatsoever. Absolutely. 
San Fran coming into town, it's going to be a, a good matchup that we've seen of last year. Let's hope that we get to see it again this year. Again, Jimmy G, as we talked about it prior to you tuning in here, uh, Jimmy Garofalo having himself a pretty good week as far as week one. So we will start with Jimmy G. In your opinion, how did Jimmy look at the start of this season to the end of the 49ers season last year? Oh, well, right now, Jimmy Garoppolo looks real good. That's my personal opinion of that. He looks good. He looked good against the Lions. Granted, it was the Detroit Lions that the team was going up against last week. They were ranked 30th, if I'm not mistaken, in terms of passing yards allowed last year. So they don't have the best defense. But just looking at Jimmy Garoppolo, he looked real good. Just about as good as he's looked since 2019. We did not see the 2019 Jimmy Garoppolo last year prior to his high ankle sprain. And now with the one game to evaluate, again, it's a small sample size going up against the Detroit Lions, only one game on his 2021 resume, but he looked real good. Just his confidence and his mobility, you can tell that he was confident out there and maybe having Trey Lance behind him is lighting that fire and just driving him to be a better quarterback. And his judgment, his ability just to kind of anticipate where the receiver's going to be because that was one of the big criticisms of Jimmy Garoppolo in his time as a 49er is, you know, he, he doesn't really throw with the anticipation and he was throwing with the anticipation against the Detroit Lions. So overall, the entire 49er fan base or the majority of the fan base is pretty thrilled with Garoppolo after what he did against the Lions. And, you know, the fan base has been really split ever since the team drafted Trey Lance. Should they go with Garoppolo? Should they go with Lance? There's been a lot, a lot of battling, a lot of going back and forth. But overall, everybody's thrilled with his week one performance. We saw a little bit of Trey Lance. He played four or five snaps through the first touchdown of the season. So it's definitely an interesting situation, the quarterback situation that is. But overall, Garoppolo looks pretty solid. Nick, just to touch on Jimmy G, would you say he's on a short lease as far as Trey Lance in the rearview mirror behind him? I mean, Definitely. do you think he's feeling the pressure of Trey Lance? I mean, he he has to be feeling the pressure. I don't see how he couldn't be. He knows that this team just gave up three first-round picks to move up from 12th overall to 3rd overall to select Trey Lance. So he knows he's not the long-term solution at the quarterback position. I mean, the writing's on the wall for him. And I've been saying this going back to ever since the team traded for the third overall pick that I really don't think that there's a quarterback, a starting quarterback in the NFL who would handle a situation like this better, better than Jimmy Garoppolo. He has just been a pro's pro all the way through this process of just kind of taking on the challenge and not getting sour or squirming at the idea of having a young kid behind him who's going to be his replacement. It's inevitable. Trey Lance will take over someday. And Definitely, he feels the pressure, and he's rising to it so far. Again, the Detroit Lions weren't the biggest test. It, as the weeks go on, you know, starting this week with the Eagles, a better defense already than the Lions. Then you got the Packers and the Seahawks. So not too many serious, you know, top defenses going up early on, but definitely better than the Detroit Lions. And I do think, to answer your question, that Garoppolo is feeling the pressure, and it's just a matter of is it, is he, is it going to make him or break him? With the loss of uh, Raheem Moster, do you see any of the backup running backs stepping in? I mean, stepping up, stepping in to fill big shoes as far Definitely. as the running game. 
Um, I personally view Raheem Mostert as such an important piece to the 49ers offense because going back to the postseason run in 2019, the back half of that season, the final six, seven games, he was on a tear just where he was putting up 100 total yards after 100 total yards, scoring touchdown after touchdown almost every single game. And then, of course, against the Green Bay Packers, he had all those touchdowns, was the the um, arguably the MVP of the NFC Championship game just for everything that he accomplished on the ground. And he has that big playability where he can take it 75, 80 yards on any given carry, any given reception. So it's a big blow to not have Mostert who opted in a season-ending knee surgery. We won't see him for the remainder of the year. He's in a contract year, so you might not even ever see him in a 49er uniform again. But talking about potential backups, Elijah Mitchell, who the team drafted in the sixth round, filled in last week. He was the hot name. If you guys play fantasy football, just flying off the waivers this past week. Everybody's trying to get Elijah Mitchell. He ran for over 100 yards, had a 38, 39-yard touchdown. So he looks really, really good. Uh, will he be able to sustain that? kind of consistency on the ground i'm not too sure but he's a hard runner look for him to be able to step in and fill that hole then there's a um a handful of guys who are kind of under the radar jermichael hasty was an undrafted free agent from baylor the team signed last year looked real good in the preseason he is more of an elusive shifty change of pace back so i wouldn't expect any every down presence there and then trey sermon who the team drafted in the third round out of ohio state was a phenomenal college running back and he wasn't active. The team drafted him in the third round. He was a healthy scratch this past week against the Lions, which raised a lot of eyebrows here in the Bay Area as far as why is Trey Sermon not in uniform. There were some rumors that maybe he missed curfew the night before, and it was kind of a disciplinary action not to play. So the, the 49ers have a lot of bodies. They just signed Carrion Johnson, who I believe spent some time with the Eagles briefly. He was drafted with the Detroit Lions. I wouldn't expect much of an impact from him as far as this Sunday goes. But, um, yeah, the 49ers are luckily deep at running back. Later on this season, they'll have Jeff Wilson Jr. returning, who is on the pup list right now, and he's a very hard runner. And he had double-digit touchdowns um, not too long ago. So the, the, they can survive the Raheem Mostert injury. How do you see the 49ers wide receiving core matching up against the Eagles defensive backs? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, the one thing about the 49ers uh, wide receivers is that they're very versatile in their abilities, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. And there's a lot of question marks around Brandon Ayuk right now, too. He was a guy who was phenomenal last season, had a strong rookie year, and didn't get a single target in week one. And there's a lot of whispers right now around the Bay Area that Brandon Ayuk could be in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse, which is a thing around these parts. If Kyle Shanahan doesn't like you or if Kyle Shanahan's a problem with something you've done, you're going to have a tough time getting back onto the field. So hopefully that's not the case with Ayuk. But this 49ers room, we just saw what Debo Samuel did against the Lions. He put up a career high, 189 yards, his second in the NFL in receiving yards behind um Tyreek Hill right now so looking at the matchup with the Philadelphia Eagles secondary the one thing about the 49ers is that, like I said the ability to just the receivers are all interchangeable they can all do a variety of different things it could be the jet sweeps it can be the quick slants in the post routes and the comeback routes they're very versatile in that sense so I'm looking forward to this matchup and you know, the 49ers are a run-first team. They're a team that relies on their defense. Will the Raheem Mostert injury change that? We'll see. But um, it's definitely going to be a fun, fun matchup going up against guys like Darius Slay and Avante Maddox. It's going to be a, a good matchup. Steve Nelson as well, probably on Brandon. Definitely. Or on George Kittle. 
I think yeah. one of the biggest interesting matchups is Jordan Malata, the Eagles' left tackle, who just signed a four-year deal this past Saturday, going up against Joey Bosa. What's your thoughts of that? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Nick Bosa looks real good right now. He looks real good. So he missed all of last year with the ACL tear. And it was his first action, the first time we've seen him on a football field going up against an opponent because he missed the entire preseason. He looked really good against the Lions, you know, was dominating his one-on-one -on -one reps and had a sack against Jared Goff. So Bosa's going to be a problem. He's going to be – he's one of the top edge rushers in the NFL. So that's going to be a really fun matchup. I'll give you one more um, as we're talking about pass rushers here is D Ford, who's a guy that's been in the game for a while, you know, started off his career with Kansas City, then – uh, signed with the 49ers going into the 2019 season. There was a lot of speculation that D Ford may retire this past season or in the offseason rather just because he was having neck and back issues. And he played this past Sunday against the Lions and it, he looked like his old self and he wasn't limited. He gave 30 solid pass rushing snaps or um, 30 snaps in general, I should say, but he looks real, real good. So this 49er defensive line, the pass rush, looks like they're going to be able to get back to that 2019 form, which was really the driving force of that team that made it to the Super Bowl. As far as the Eagles wide receiving core going up against, uh, how you would rank the uh, 49ers defensive backs. Mm -hmm. but the Eagles looking pretty good last week. I mean, as far as their screen game and Devontae Smith finally getting his first NFL touchdown. How would you rank the D-backs of the Niners going up against our receiving Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one just because the 49ers are – they just lost their best cornerback in Jason Verrett, who is a guy who's local here in the Bay Area, grew up not too far away from San Francisco, and he's already had a battle so much throughout his NFL career, just devastating injury after devastating injury, strung together a very impressive 2020, and the team kind of gave him another um, – prove it contract this year and then just to see him tear his ACL on the final quarter with the game you know the 49ers up three possessions was devastating so that's a big loss on defense Emmanuel Mosley who's the other starting uh quarterback or should be a depth chart wise is the other starting quarterback he likely won't go on Sunday either so you're looking at a really banged up 49ers secondary and the possibility looms that this team may start two rookie cornerbacks you have Diamador De Lenore a rookie out of Oregon who's really been impressive so far really really impressive this year he played like 60 snaps on sunday and only gave up one reception and then ambry thomas a kid from michigan it's i doubt they'll start him but it is possible and then they just signed josh norman and they have Drake kirkpatrick who they signed this past week in wake of the J jason verrett news so the 49ers secondary it's uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm hoping as a fan, as someone that covers the 49ers, that the pass rush can kind of cancel out the uh, secondary concerns. Uh, but there's some big-time talent um, with the Eagles, and I love what their receivers can do. Jalen Rager is a guy that I'm extremely high on because I think that he can do some of the things that Debo Samuel can do, and just being a receiver that kind of can catch the ball anywhere behind the line of scrimmage and make a big play happen. Devontae Smith had a great week one. So this is going to be a tough, tough matchup for the 49ers. And it's just all about trying to contain Jalen Hurts, not letting him run crazy, make him make decisions within the pocket. And uh, we'll see. We'll see how the secondary holds up. But there's definitely a cause for concern. I don't know the 49ers' full schedule, all fan. But I know they came east against Detroit. 
went back mm -hmm. out west and now 3,000 miles across country to Philly now. Do you see that being a factor in being, you know, jet lag traveling east the first um, two weeks? In general, yes, but actually the team actually stayed out on the East Coast. So they haven't returned home after the Detroit Lions game. They've been staying out on the East Coast. They didn't want to do the back and forth. And this is something that they have done fairly regularly whenever they do back-to-back -back, um, on the East Coast just to avoid all the flying miles. And, you know, the way that this first couple weeks are setting up or how they are laid out on the schedule, very similar to 2019 when the team opened up against Tampa Bay and then they stayed out. Uh, I believe it was Youngstown, Ohio, if I'm not mistaken, before they played the Cincinnati Bengals. So when they open up with these back-to-back -back road games on the other side of the map, they usually stay out there. And we'll see. Hopefully that they're adjusted. They're not too fatigued. They're not getting too crazy out on the town or anything like that, and they'll be ready to go on Sunday. Going, going back to last year when the Eagles beat the 49ers out in Santa Clara, do you see a revenge game coming this way? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm honestly pretty concerned about this game. Like on paper, I do think that this is a game that the 49ers should be able to take care of business. Um, you know, t taking away my biases and everything, as passionate as I am about the team, I do think they have one of the more complete rosters, or I did at least going into the season. Now you lost your starting running back, you lost a starting cornerback, you lost your second linebacker in Dre Greenlaw, who just had uh, groin surgery or he's undergoing groin surgery. He's going to miss this game likely the next uh, half of the season. So um, I don't know. I would love for this to be a revenge game. And then I, I remember um, when the 49ers and Eagles played each other last week in week four Sunday night football, they were coming off two very strong wins against the Jets and the Giants and uh, returning from that East Coast road trip. And the 49ers were heavily favored in that game. Nick Mullins had a terrible game. Um, so hopefully there's some revenge. But the reason why I'm um, uh, particularly concerned about this game is our run defense, the interior run defense did not look good against Detroit, which was very surprising because this 49ers team over the last two, three years has been very good defensively. We lost our defensive coordinator, Robert Sala, took a head coaching job with the Jets. This defense is now led by D'Amico Ryans, who played with the Houston Texans or was drafted by the Houston Texans. So there's a lot of um, – turnover or I get not necessarily turnover because a lot of the starters and depth guys came back but more so just going through that transition of a new defensive coordinator and something that the 49ers have struggled with and um general in general team struggle with this is just containing a mobile quarterback like even last year thinking about Carson Wentz and as many times he's not he's an athletic guy he's no Jalen Hurts by any stretch of the imagination but Carson Wentz is pretty athletic and it was just maddening that he was able to escape the pass rush and the containment just broke down time and time again and that's going to be the headache that Jalen Hurts causes, not just against the 49ers, but every team that he goes up against. So in particular, whenever you have a team where the, the run-pass option is going to be heavily utilized and you have a guy like Miles Sanders, you have to take a pause. And I think, you know, the Eagles are a strong candidate, just like the 49ers, to go from worst to first this year. The NFC East is wide open. Um, so this is an Eagles team that they could really surprise a lot of folks, I think, just observing them from afar over here on the West Coast. So I hope it's a revenge game. Will it be? Time will tell. I was a lot more confident going into the game last week. Um, one of our podcasts on the, the Pigskin Football Podcast, how, uh, pod, uh, podcast Network, excuse me, how I, I've been networking with a lot of these folks that have their own individual podcasts for each team. I was on with the Detroit Lions last week, and I was telling them, like, I'm so confident in this game that it's going to be a blowout. 
which it was until the team recovered an onside kick. And next thing you know, a 24-point lead is now eight points. Um, I'm not as confident going into this week. It's definitely a winnable game, and uh, but I have some some reasons to be concerned. Well, this Eagle, this 2021 Eagles team, as far as this week one, you see the cohesiveness that this team didn't have last year. I mean, Carson Wentz was sacked about 50 times. Actually, all three Eagles quarterbacks were sacked 65 times, which I believe is the most in the NFL. Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks, that whole right side of that offensive line was shot. I mean, this team, just a lot of injuries. And remember last year, technically some of these rookies from last year were rookies this year because there wasn't any preseason games. You figure there were no OTAs, no mini camps, and you know a lot of these guys were just getting their first taste of preseason last year, this year, as opposed to last year. So, you know, I it's it's definitely I you know it looks like these guys are having more fun this year. Last year that team just there was a lot of deception with Wentz mm-hmm. and then. Zach Hurts getting hurt, and he wanted a new contract, and he just got hurt. And this team just didn't seem like they were on the same page. But Nick Sirianni coming in, Jonathan Gannon, Sean, uh, can't think of his name, the offensive coordinator, Steichen. You know, all new coaches. I compared Jonathan Gannon to Jim Schwartz. I mean, just very aggressive. I mean, Jim Schwartz just – you know, that why not just very stale. Like, mm-hmm. You know, the, like Ben, Ben don't break defense. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like last week, you know, like you were saying, the, the 49ers run defense. I mean, the Eagles were giving up a lot of yards in the first half to Cordell Patterson. Here the guy's not even a running back. He's a wide receiver. <laughs> like, and they finally, you know, they tweak things in the second half. They knocked Matt Ryan around three, four times and, you know, it's it's definitely a better, more. It's like Nick Sirianni, Week One. All right, it's definitely a breath of fresh air compared to just that team last year that just wasn't really in sync. I mean, from from the door. I mean, they had a seventeen point lead on Washington Week One, and they blow it. And yeah, the season basically just went down the toilet after that. Brutal. It was it listen, last year? There was a lot of things that went wrong last year. By the way, since uh, the Carson word was mentioned here not too long ago, Carson uh, would. I think a lot of people, Nick, were looking to see that Carson Wentz was going to have a blowout game here this past Sunday. And oh, Carson Wentz looked. If you look at the highlights and you go back and 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 watch him, not only was the tempo kind of falling already out of place at the end of the first quarter. But if you saw at the beginning and at least throughout the entire second half of the Colts game, Carson didn't look like Carson too much. He looked like he was outwinded. Uh, If you can hear him at the line, the way his chants were, it wasn't the way Carson would normally be in Philadelphia. Now, I know, again, the air quality is now much more different. It is in Indy what it is to Philly. I mean, it's not like he's going to Denver, you know, got to get used to my house stadium. But Carson, I don't – I could be wrong – but I don't believe that Carson Wentz really kind of impressed the Colts fans. So I'm wondering how reaction on week two is going to be. And I haven't heard any Colts radio to, to you know, kind of hear what the rumors are around town. But I'd like to get your thoughts here real quick on, on what you thought as far as 
as uh, Carson Wentz on week one over there in Indy? Well, you know, I didn't, other than what was displayed on the red zone, I haven't gone back and looked at the game too much, but just my initial thoughts are, so out here in San Francisco in the Bay Area, we hate the Seahawks. I, I have nothing nice to say about the Seahawks 95% <laughs> of the time. They have, they have, they have a terrible pass secondary, right? They, this is a unit that has just been terrible year after year. And I feel so bad for Russell Wilson because I feel like the team that they always put around him in Seattle is so subpar. If he had a stronger unit around him that they would be a perennial super team, a Super Bowl team, excuse me, year in and year out. And just to talk about the Colts and Seahawks game, I was surprised that, you know, they were struggling to score and struggling to move the ball, struggling to finish drives with points. And how much of that was a reflection of Carson Wentz? I can't really say because, like I said, I haven't gone back and looked at the game or have anything more than the highlights that were shown um, up to this point right now. But, yeah, it was definitely surprising to be like, how are you not throwing for 350, 400 yards against this Seahawks team? Because that's pretty much what every other team in the NFL was doing last year. And did the Seahawks improve this offseason? Maybe. They didn't pick up any big corners. They signed this guy from the 49ers, Akello Witherspoon. That didn't work out for them. They shipped them off to uh, Pittsburgh. So it's a very similar secondary to what it was last year, and it's not like the pass rush vastly improved either. So why did Carson Wentz and the Colts in general not put up more points? True. Uh, Julio asked the question, says, how do you feel about not playing Scott week one? You think he'll still get snaps on Sunday? Fooch? Anybody? Nobody? Uh, oh, I... As far as the passing game last week, the screen game was amazing. I mean, they ran the ball, as I said. You got to mix up the offense. Kenny Gainwell, I think he's going to be a nice sleeper for the Eagles this year. You know, Miles Sanders got his yardage, you know, averaging five-point yards a carry last year, and Doug Peterson getting away from the running game. I'm sure Boston Scott will be mixed, mixed in this week or going down – the rest of the season here. I mean, to me, I would I would love to see Jordan Howard brought up from the practice squad just because, to me, I think the Eagles just need that third down bruiser back just to get the first down or what have you. Yeah, well, and here comes Joey B. out of the clear blue here with about six minutes of change left. Uh, hey, Joey. <laughs> What's the matter you? Joey B, uh, by the way, Nick, just to let you know, Joey B here, not only a fan of our show, uh, a huge fan of, of many shows that are out there. And obviously with the middle show, we were supposed to have Aton tonight, but I think Aton has sent me a message here that he couldn't, unfortunately couldn't make it tonight. So we'll have him on on a future show. Um, but Joey B, just a funny dude. There's comments that he'll put up there as we try to have some of our guests. We, we have fun with every guest we have on. And there's times we're hitting a hard moment, and here comes Joey B. There, see, there you go, <laughs> and it's already starting. Uh, yeah, the other night, it, Joey B. That was a lot of fun having uh, having us in, in the same room the other <laughs> night here. <laughs> see, here you go, it, it already starts. But Joey B. He's great fan of the show. He's been on with us ever since we had Tony Bruno on. And he's been back ever since. And and again, he comments on a lot of shows. Middle show in Philly. I mean, the, the guys everywhere. Joey, we absolutely love him out there from Colorado. Along with everyone is here, Ducky. Uh, most of our usuals are not on tonight, but again, I can see that Facebook, the feed, for some reason, like other things Facebook have been doing lately, it hasn't been going that well. So uh, with some four and some change here, I, I want to kind of switch it up here momentarily. Uh, Nick, are you yep. a San Francisco Giants fan? Yes, sir. Yes, I am. 
Yeah, right. So, you, you know, we we're, have some history with Gabe Kapler. Yep. So uh, the one thing that I will say, apparently, now, whether it's true or not, because we heard when the organization picked up Gabe Kapler, they told him that analytic stuff you did in Philly was cute. It doesn't work here in San Fran. We're going to old-style baseball. Now, whether Gabe Kapler has listened to your organization, the way I see it, the Giants are looking at the Giants of old when they've won World Series, almost what, back-to-back -back World Series, if I do remember correctly? So uh, yep. uh, three, three and five years. Right. So like, yep. Yep. So now I'm wondering, are we going to see the giants possibly make a run here this season as well? Oh, definitely. I mean, they're the best team in baseball right now. They've been the first team that hit the 50 win mark, the 60 win mark, 70 win mark, 80 win mark, 90 win mark. And you know, they have lost two games in a row right now and the Dodgers are right behind us. Um, you know, the, the giants have 95 wins already and they're only like at, game up in first place. And as far as the analytics go, I do think that uh, Gabe Kapler brought the analytics to the Bay Area um, because our new general manager or the guy who kind of runs the foreign office, uh, Farhan Zaidi, who the team got from the Los Angeles Dodgers, I believe he helped build, is all about the analytics. So that's why with this Giants team, they lead the league in pinch hit home runs because they're constantly, you know, pulling strings and what do the numbers say to do? I'm not always a fan of the analytics. I'm not an analytics type of guy i hope it stays out of football unless it's about going down um you know going forward on fourth down when there's like three yards to go at your own 47 yard line or something like that but um you know, I, I, i'm saying i'm not an analytics guy and i could I'm, I'm not i'm not don't get it twisted <laughs> but, but hey it's, it's it's working right now um with gabe kapler and he has this perfect pairing with uh farhan zaidi and just the guys that this um Farhan's been able to prove, uh, be able to pull and just the trades that he's been orchestrating over the years, like with Mike Yastrzemski, this guy that we hit 20 home runs again this year. So um, there's some magical things happening in San Francisco, a lot to be excited about. Uh, maybe one of these days we'll even get a Warriors 76ers, um, you know, NBA finals. <laughs> but yeah. Um, be yeah there's are, there's a certain guy that's here. been rumored to go out there. No, Ben Simmons. Yeah, <laughs> mm, yeah we won't get into Ben's talk. We're not getting you into Ben's talk. You can't have Ben Simmons and Draymond Green on the same on the same uh, team. That's too much of the same right there. Yeah, no. We'll we'll get into some NBA talk here. So now that we know you're a Warriors fan, we'll we'll get into some NBA talk when the NBA season restarts all over again. <laughs> yeah, we're not getting into Ben Simmons. No, We've had I enough of him, the Kardashians, and everything else. Are <laughs> you in San Francisco? Yeah, I am. I'm based in San Francisco. So listen, uh, the one thing, and, and listen, uh, what was it? Good Lord. I'm trying to think here. From MTV. Holy moly. Come on, name me a show here. Sure. I don't know. There you go. So if oh, you remember that, okay. the guys, Gabe Kapler reminds me of Jim Tan Laundry, except that he can <laughs> use it with. Yeah, exactly. But he can use it on the baseball side because the guy, listen, he still works out. Still looks like he, he's probably more beast mode than some of the players yeah, out there. But jacked. Yeah. yeah, but listen, San Fran, I, I can't – what can I say? I, I can't hate on Gabe, and I can't hate on San Fran because obviously he did something he couldn't do in Philly. You yeah. know, we booed him out of Philadelphia. He goes to San Francisco, and he's looking like a genius. Now, mm -hmm. will it hurt us if Gabe turns around and wins the World Series? I'll be the first one to tell you yes because, unfortunately, it didn't work here in Philly. It has worked for him in San Fran, but – also, the Oakland Athletics have tried analytics and have always come up falling short. Yep. So will we see that as well with Gabe? But let's, 
stranger things have happened. We've seen St. Louis now the Cardinals. It seems like every year those guys, no matter how far back they are, they inch and claw their way back as St. Louis is coming back to where they could be title contenders as well. So I'm not going to wish you too much rooting fun when it comes to your Giants there, but it's all in good fun. But listen, Gabe, he's done some amazing things. So hats off to yeah. Gabe because, uh, again, it's you can't mock the man. I mean, come on. He's done wonders with San Fran, uh, and and we're going to see it. I, unfortunately, we are going to see San Fran in the postseason and, and much further. But I will say if they can knock off the Dodgers, I'll be happy. Because I'm not yep. a Dodgers fan. Can't stand nope. the Dodgers. We can agree can't on that. Stand, yeah. Can't stand a goofy stadium. And it's Definitely. well, I'll, I'll leave it at that. That's just that's that's where I'll leave it at. But hey, uh, before we end up taking off here, there's always one. Oh, hold on. Wait a minute. I got two more from Joey B here. Did Fuji already <laughs> pack his <laughs> for somebody's tailgate? Uh Joey, it's uh, getting yeah. no, I did see him. Don't let him lie to you. And last week we were at his house. He started packing up last week, so don't worry, he's already got it filled up there. And the only thing to come out of San Francisco, sour bread and Metallica. <laughs> I'll be seeing you in November, Joey. Eagles, Denver. Yeah, he sure will. And speaking about Metallica, man, you took for the many years that band has been around. I mean, that's you talk about one of the all-time greats. It, it's a and they can. That's one of those bands. They don't have to do a lot to reinvent themselves. But when they came out with the orchestra show in New York, that I have been fortunate to go to, man. It, Metallica just by themselves put on an awesome show. Put on that orchestra that came out for them, and then they came out together. I, I could feel the hairs already on, on, on my arms kind of standing up here because what, <laughs> what a fantastic, fantastic time. Man. Exactly. But one question that I will say, oh, hold on. Joey comes back with one more. They're, they're winning your arrival. So make sure, Joey, make sure you do put out the red carpet there uh, for Fuji. But, We're in Denver. Uh, I'm coming, and I'm bringing Eagles Nation with me. Now, Nick, I will ask you one question. I, do you smoke cigars? Um, if there's a reason to celebrate, give me a championship out here in the Bay Area. I'll, I'll puff. I'll puff a couple cigars up. Yeah, no problem. All right. Well, then not I will. Regular. I, you don't catch me out just on on the back deck or anything like that. A reason to celebrate. Well, I will tell you then, if you have a place to get a cigar. And if it's got to be a celebratory cigar, you get it from Goose's Monte Cristo Lounge or Tobacco. It's out there in Limerick, Pennsylvania. If you guys go to CigarGoose.com and or visit them at 250 West Ridge Pike in Limerick, Pennsylvania. Nice. Nick, the finest cigars. And I and I should have uploaded a picture so you can see it. The finest Monte Cristos you will find anywhere or from uh, Goose's place. And it, it's the, the humidity. If you ever come to, to over to the Philly side, we'll take you over there to Goose's Pond. That place, like you said, it, it's got to be celebratory. When you, if you come to Philly, we'll get you a cigar and just go in there and that beautiful cigar lounge that he has. And it's, I mean, every, just every fine Monte Cristo, every fine cigar you will find there at Goose's Monte Cristo. So uh, in case you need one for San Fran, if you have a Winter <laughs> World Series, all right, we'll, we'll send one over your way. Sounds good. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's no problem. Now, tell the folks, just before we uh, sign off here, where again could they find you and your podcast? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at NinerNick underscore two two. I do some writing with Grant Cohn, who's one of the big publishers out here on the Bay Area for all 49ers Sports Illustrated. That's how I got my first break in the sports world, uh, in the media world. So I do some writing with Sports Illustrated for the 49ers sub channel. And uh, my podcast, you can be found on Apple, Spotify, at the Faithful Fanatic Podcast. And yeah, that's where you can find me. That's my stuff. 
All right. Well, that's a good thing. Joey B always remembers Debbie in the other room. So De <laughs> Debbie, my producer, who's over in Studio B. Of course, I'm here live in the LG Direct Sales Solution Studios. And speaking of, of course, our great sponsor we have in the media partnership that we do have, once again, as I mentioned, Tampa Joe's, 9316 Anderson Road in Tampa, Florida, where we will be there for week two. Not only the Philly to South Gang, but I will be there for a live show this Sunday I'll start the show off at 11.30, leading all the way up until kickoff time. So that should be a lot of fun. First time since last year and the first time packing a house since COVID. Of course, CigarGoose.com at Goose's Mighty Crystal Lounge with Tobacconist, where we had a lot of fun there last week at Goose's Media Pond Studios. What a fantastic job by Goose, Big Kev, and, of course, Robert behind the scenes, where I actually got a break from being behind the scenes last week. So that was a lot of fun. And once again, from LG Direct Sales Solutions. If you guys are looking for secured payment solutions, credit card terminals, please reach out to Larry Gilman at 855-777-3863. That's 855-777-3863. And go to lgdirect.net. Nick, thank you for coming on. We do appreciate it. Thank you so much. We do appreciate it. Was it was a pleasure. Thank you guys for inviting me Thanks on. Thanks for jumping time. on last minute. Yeah, of course, of course. But see, that's the, that's the fun part about finding like the folks who come on the last minute always tend out to be the best guest only because it's a passion that they have and we can see it with you and san fran so let's good luck to the 49ers not so much because obviously we play you guys coming up no, but definitely likewise yeah. excuse but, me angel next you have a prediction for sunday but it's true do i have a prediction for sunday oh man i haven't dug that deep yet but i'll give you one right now on the spot let's go uh 49ers 27 eagles 24. i think it's going to be a close game I do too. So, what's your prediction there, Einstein? <laughs> I said Eagles win. Close. Maybe Close? by field goal or less. Who knows? All right. Well, Julio says 31 17 birds. Uh, Julio, I think I'm not too far away from you on there. I, I'm thinking it was, uh, well, Joey B just took it away there. 31 28, just about what I was about to say over by a field goal. Again, close to the numbers that I said last week. Obviously, right, same man. exact thing. So, Julio, thanks for tuning in. Ducky. Obviously, Joey B from chiming in at the very end. Dave, David Sherman. Uh, by the way, great picture, David, on, on your Facebook page a little bit earlier if you still tuned in. And to everyone else who normally tunes in tonight, which we didn't see, we hope to see you guys next week. Again, the Facebook feed might have been a little bit goofy come here uh, tonight. So it's a shame because we have a lot of good guys that end up missing out tonight. But that's all right. Listen, uh, folks, we will see. One more comment I see popping in here before. Uh, Julio, take it easy. And uh, hopefully you'll tune in here weekend. on on Sunday. And if you happen to be in the Tampa area, please stop by Tampa Joe's. I'd like to see you down there. So everybody else, I will see you on Sunday. Of course, uh, my co-host here will be at the link and we'll get a live feed from him at the tailgate. So that should be a lot of fun. And of course, my producer over in studio B, uh, thank you for producing such a great show. Once again, Joey B says, take care guys. Sorry to be late. No problem. Dougie says later, everyone have a fantastic evening. We will see you live Sunday at 1130. Have a great night.